You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. All right, I'm going to start out uh, this teaching, uh, all right, today um, from Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 13. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 13. It says, but to which of the angels said he at any time? It says this, sit at my right hand on a till I make thine enemies thy footstool. So after Jesus offered himself, the father said unto Jesus, sit at my right hand on a till I make thine enemies thy footstool. So the principal assignment the father has now is to subdue every force in opposition to Christ under his foot. Now, when he speaks about under his foot, he is talking about the whole body of Christ. Christ in himself has conquered everything. But now the assignment is that every part of his body, because he's the head, but every part of his body up to the least member within his body will overcome as Christ overcame. So we find in the book of Revelation, Jesus saying to him that overcometh. In other words, he has left us with this assignment to appropriate, which means to make personal in our own space, the victory that Christ has wrought or has granted honor to us. So he wants the least member of the body of Christ to have their feet, all right, upon the head of the enemy. And we say in Hebrews 10 verse 12 and verse 13, the same assignment here. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of the Father with one expectation from henceforth expecting, this is expectation, that his enemies shall be made his footstool. Now, I want to look this morning at how the Father plans on doing this in the body of Christ or through the body of Christ. How does he plan here to give us total and complete victory here over everything. Uh, We find this plan in Psalm 110 where this scripture that is quoted in the book of Hebrews was extracted from. Psalm 110 and verse 1, please. All right. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Now, David prophesied this thing. And David, all right, when he set up his own tabernacle of worship, what happened was he pressed so much into God when he set up his tabernacle in worship that David had a glimpse there of of things that will happen hundreds of years later. And, and this is what um, exactly, this is what um, um, being prophetic is all about. Uh, and we're getting into that place right there, into 
the innermost courts there, where we avail ourselves the opportunity to even see, and this is what prophetically means here, to see things that will be coming years ahead, even if Christ tarries, we see and glimpse into, have glimpses into things that will happen after we have left the earth. And so we make decisions and make pronouncements that generations coming after will be direct beneficiaries of those decisions that we have made, of the pronouncements that we have made, of things that we have written, or songs that we have even sang. So we have hymns today that people wrote, all right, decades ago, that people can still sing that ministers to them in their present situation and releases the power of God into their lives. You make decisions today that your great-grandchildren, if Jesus tarries, will be direct beneficiaries of those decisions, even though they don't know anything about it. So we have Abraham making a move. And God saying 430 or 400 years later, your seed, all right, will be in this position. This is what we call prophetic living here. Where you make decisions with the finances that you have today that maximizes it. Not just even in a material way, also in an eternal way. I mean, I, mean, I heard I was in a meeting uh, with, with some um, folks um, recently uh, during the week, all right, uh, um, people came from Billy Graham's ministry or Frank Graham's ministry, and one of them said something. He said, the abundant life must lead to the eternal life. I said, this is profound, all right, because what we're saying is you can come into an abundance, but that is not even just God's goal. It is eternity coming out of that abundance. In other words, Peter caught fish in abundance, but then it led him to enter into something that was eternal. And the only way you can get into things like this, we're going to see, is when you begin to sing songs, the real songs of worship, back to the Father and to Jesus, and that opens us up directly into the life in the Spirit, where we are able, all right, to see things and make powerful decisions. So we see here in Psalm 110, it said, sit at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. All right? So verse 2 now tells us how we'll do it. The Lord shall send, shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Now Zion in the Old Testament speaks about the church. So out of the church, the Lord shall send forth his strength. And it says, rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. So the rod of the strength shall come out of Zion. What is this strength that is coming out? What he calls the rod of his strength. Psalm 8, all right, takes us into it. Psalm 8 and verse, let's start from verse 1. Psalm 8, all right. O Lord our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Now verse 2. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained strength because of thine enemies. So you see this rod of the strength. You rule in the midst of the enemies. 
that thou mayest steal the enemy and stop, all right, the avenger. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained strength. Now, who are these babes and sucklings? If we go to Matthew and um, Matthew chapter 11, I believe, out of, you've, all right, verse 25, it says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and the earth, because you have hid these things from the wise and the prudent, but you have revealed them unto babes. Now, so it's a type, it's a disposition. When Jesus said, if you are going to enter into the kingdom, you must come as a little child. A little child is what Solomon said in 1 Kings and chapter 3 and verse 7, when he said that, O oh Lord my God, thou hast made me, made thy servant king instead of David my father. Now, he had become king. In other words, abundant life. Now it's time for the eternal life, which is purpose, which is assignment. He said, I am king, but this is the beginning. I am as a little child. Put it back up, verse 7. As a little child, I know not how to go out or to come in. So the babes there are the little children there. That's how you qualify for revelation. In other words, yes, David is my father, I am king. But the disposition of my heart is God. Every time I go out, it must be because you have given the signal and you have revealed something. I am not leaning on my brilliance. I am not leaning, all right, on anything. I depend solely upon you. I am as a little child. Now, it's out of the mouth of those people there, God has ordained that strength there to rule over the enemies. Now, why is, it, why is it that out of the lips he has ordained strength? Because they are the ones that really have revelation knowledge. They are the ones that the Father has revealed things to. Uh, they are the ones that have received revelation from the Father. Now, Jesus referring to these people in Matthew 21 and verse 16, he said that, hearest not thou what they say? And then went on and Jesus said, have you not read there, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. Now Jesus switched it and then called it, thou hast ordained strength. Psalm 82. Out of mouth of babes and sucklings have ordained strength. He switched that ordained strength to thou hast perfected praise. So he says the way and manner in which you are going to rule over the enemies there is through what is called perfected praise. So when Jesus sat down and the father said, sit until I make thine enemies thy footstool. He was saying, sit and I will teach your body what I have termed perfected praise. They will perfect praise on my lips, mature praise. They will render the calves of their lips. 
Uh, David spoke about this burnt offering and sin offering. Thou wouldest not. But then Isaiah said, I will render the calves of my lips. And so it's going to be calves, the offerings are the offerings of your lips. That is perfected praise there. And as praise perfected, or I praise is perfected in them, and they are offering it up unto me. He says, power is going to be released there. Psalm 110 and verse 3. It says, thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. So as that rod of your strength goes out, it is called the day of God's power that will be released. Now, we're saying it's perfected praise. Say, well, how are we sure we've used many scriptures? How are we sure that's what he's saying? Let's just be straight with this. Go to Psalm 81. Psalm 81 and verse 1. Sing aloud unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise unto God of Jacob. Verse 2. Take a psalm. Bring you thy timbrel. A pleasant harp with a psaltery. It says, blow the trumpet in the new moon. And time appointed a solemn feast day. Then it goes on. This was a statute for Israel. A law of the God of Jacob. These are ordained. This singing. This psalm. All right. This praise here. In Joseph for a testimony. When he went through the land of Egypt. Where he had a language I understood not. When his shoulder still had the burden. I instructed him on this type of praise. I removed his shoulder from the burden because of this joyful noise. And his hands were delivered from the pot. The bondage he was in. Thou callest in trouble, and I deliver thee. I answer thee in the secret place of thunder. I prove thee by the waters of Meribah. Verse 8. All here, my people, I will testify on Israel, if you will hearken unto me. He says, There shall no strange God be with thee, neither shall thou worship any strange God. I am the Lord that brought thee out of Egypt. Open your mouth wide. That's this praise here. And I will fill it. Next verse. But my people will not hearken unto me, and Israel will not have none of my ways. So I gave them up to their own heart laws, and they walked in their own counsels. All that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. He said, I will soon have subdued their enemies. I will soon have subdued their enemies. All right? I will soon have subdued. This is what the Father says. Now, if you go to Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 13, look at what it says. Sit at thy right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Go back to the Psalm 81. I will soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. We said if they had, look at verse 13, if they had hearkened unto me, this is what I would have done. What was he asking for? Verse 11. Let's look at verse 11. It says, if my people will not hearken to my voice, and Israel will have none of me. Verse 10, what was he saying there? He said, I'm the Lord that brought thee out of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, I will feel it. What was he saying? Verse 1, he said, in verse 1, he said, sing aloud unto the Lord our strength. Make a joyful noise. He says, listen, when your hands were still in the pot, when the burden was on your shoulders, I demanded that song from you. I demanded, now he's talking about perfected praise, the sacrifice of praise. Now, what's the definition? Please don't miss this. 
Because this message has all to do with this. What's the definition there of perfected praise? It is the type of praise that has the end in view. In other words, a person is going through certain things, but they have the end in view. And so they're praising God today because they know what the end is. They are praising God for the outcome of every single thing. In other words, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. He was looking at it. There was a joy. He was rejoicing in the end. He had that end game. The end plan there was there. So he was rejoicing. So a person is going through rejection on his here. All right, and it's out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, which means God, you have not hidden this from the babes and sucklings, but you have hidden it from the whites and prudence, you've revealed it to the babes there. So, in that situation, God has given to that person the revelation of what is going to be the outcome of this. And because they have a revelation of the outcome of it, right? They are praising God. Now, everybody's looking at what they're going through. Everybody's coming to say to them that, you know, you have a burden on your shoulder. Your hands are in stocks there. Uh, people are, all right, doing all that, rejecting and all of that, but they know what the end is. And so they're praising God there, all right, for that outcome. That's the praise that is called perfected praise. In other words, it is victorious praise. It is praise that acknowledges what this particular thing is leading to. That is, is the kind of praise that when Joseph was thrown into the pit, he was praising God that God, you have made me the head over the heathen. But his experience was that he was at the lowest point in his life, but his praise was he was sitting at the highest place on this earth. It's the praise that the stones the builders rejected, while he or she is going through rejection, they are praising God that they have been made the chief cornerstone, and it's marvelous in their eyes. It is the praise about the outcome. Get it? In other words, others are coming to greet you, to say, well, we're sorry, we heard about what happened, but you have broken into that new day. How do you know the new day? Because the Father has hidden it from the wise and the prudent, but he has revealed it unto you. So you went to him in prayer, like we said, Father, you have not. We said this last week. He placed my feet upon a rock. What's that rock? He revealed certain things to me. And so what he revealed, I am now rejoicing in the outcome of every single thing. That's perfected praise. So you'll see any Christian going through anything, all right, they must have prophetic knowledge of what this particular situation is going to produce. Didn't you hear about the prophet in the book of Peter? When they inquired and said diligently, it was revealed unto them that they were not speaking about themselves, but they were speaking about us. And the grace that should come unto us. For they testified, all right, beforehand of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So when you go to God, all right, in prayer and he opens the book, what he shows you. I mean, that's why he says we, we will do well to take heed unto this more sure word of prophecy as, as a light that shines in a dark place. 
until the day dawns. So you are in a dark place. And then you go to the scriptures. It's, it's a more sure word of prophecy. Light comes on. What's that light? God shows you what the end is. And then what he wants is start rejoicing. All right? As though you are living in the thing I showed you in the realm of the spirit. And that day will dawn. He says, take it unto it. Keep that scripture by. Until the day dawns and the day star arises in your heart. That's what he said. That's perfected praise. That's perfected praise. It's prophetic praise. It's praising God because you know what God has prepared for this exact situation that I'm in. And I'm no longer in the situation. I'm rejoicing. That's the kind of praise that David offered up to God after the death of his child. When he went back to Bathsheba, they said, what? He said, you don't understand. I have seen what is coming out of this death-filled situation. And he began to rejoice. They didn't understand it. They said, you should be mourning now. You should be down. You should be depressed. I hope we're getting this. And what you are now doing is rejoicing. Why? Because you have gotten the light of that darkness. Every darkness, there's a scripture that lights up the darkness and it wants us to enter into that. So that's where the strength comes out of. Just look at what it says here. You're praising God, all right, for the end. All right? Jesus saw the joy uh, that was before him. Same thing we have in Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 10. Look at what it says. It says, if in the day of adversity, thy strength, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Now, why is the strength small? Now, look at Psalm 27 and verse 13. Psalm 27 and verse 13. It says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, it says, in the day of adversity, if you faint, your strength is small. Remember, it's the rod of his strength that he extends out. Your strength is not. Now, what gives strength? David said it in Psalm 27, verse 13. He said, I will have fainted. But, but what gave me that strength? That I believed to see the goodness of the Lord, which means I was looking ahead that goodness is coming in the land of the living. It's that hope that was before me. That's where I drew strength out of. And when Jesus was going through the cross, to the cross there, the incredible strength that Jesus demonstrated was because of the knowledge of the heart concerning what was to come. So your strength is in seeing the end and rejoicing in that end. And how are you going to get that end? We've said it, Jeremiah 29 verse 11. The thoughts that I have think towards you are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. I'm saying whatever you are going through today, if you go to God, and this is the gateway to the prophetic. You see, people have prayed and asked God's hand to move on their behalf. But what God has always desired, as scripture has said, is to seek my face. When we seek the face of God there, I want to know the thoughts of God for that particular situation. When he says, seek you first his kingdom, and all these other things, he's saying, seek you first my face. 
Because that's what he says here. And God can be an author of confusion. He has said there, he says, When thou seest, seek my face. We said unto thee, thy face, O Lord, shall we seek. It's the same thing as seeking his kingdom. All right? Bring up the scripture. Thy face, O Lord, he says, they shall we seek. Which means your desire is that we should seek your face. And our response is, thy face, O Lord, all right, shall we seek. And when you seek the face of Lord, when thou sayest, seek ye my face, my heart saith, thy face, Lord, will I seek. And now we get to verse 13. You see what it says in verse 13? It says, I have fainted, lest I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of living. In other words, when I sought the face of God, he showed me what's on his face. His face means his inward thoughts, what he's thinking. And, and when he showed me, then I said, I've seen the end of this matter. And therefore, I'm going to start rejoicing in it. Now, when you start rejoicing in it, then God's, that's the rod of his strength that comes out. Where he says, open your mouth wide and I am going to feel it. All right? Feel it. What's he going to fill it with? Go down to verse 15. He'll show us what he's filling that stuff with. Psalm 81, 15. Okay, let's start from verse 14 here. So it says this in verse 14. I will soon have, sub, sub, they will, I will soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. Verse 15. The haters will have submitted themselves to him and their time will have endured forever. Verse 16. He should have fed them with the finest of wheat. So when you open your mouth in praise, God fills that mouth there with the finest of wheat and with honey out of the rock. I will have satisfied thee. What's the honey? It says, eat honey in Proverbs 24, 13. My son, it is good for thy soul and the honeycomb. It is sweet, all right, to thy taste. So shall the knowledge of my wisdom be to your soul where you have found it. There shall be a reward and your expectation shall not be cut off. In other words, God has shown you the end of the matter. That you are going to be the chief cornerstone. And then you are offering up praise. In other words, you have constructed your spiritual song praising him that he has made you the chief cornerstone that one day every single person that participated in rejection are going to look at you and you are going to be the key to them getting into their future. This podcast is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.